0: The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie.
1: In-depth investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Customers of the failed Silicon Valley Bank should have access to their money today. The federal government getting involved assuring all depositors they will be able to access their money quickly. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller.
2: Good morning, I'm Sally Hernandez. We're told President Biden is expected to talk about this later on today. The bank, by the way, serves more than half of the tech scene, small business owners have their money tied up too. KXA Sarah Alshay talks with the owner of a new business impacted here.
3: First and foremost, incredibly grateful that They've said what they've said. Sarah Pule is one of the Silicon Valley Bank customers receiving the news they'll have access to their money come Monday. The Federal Reserve announced the decision Sunday. Pule is the founder and CEO of Austin-based startup Boxed Premium Wine.
4: Right, here we go, this is how we're going to fill the bag. Let me show you.
3: The bank's customers are primarily businesses and investors in the tech sector. The bank gets shut down, made some phone calls and It's like, what do we need to do? How are we thinking about this? The company's downward spiral began late Wednesday when it surprised investors with news that it needed to raise over $2 billion to offset losses.
1: As soon as depositors start to think, wow, my man, they might not be safe. They all pile in at once to take their money out. And that's a bank run. And that's what happened to Silicon Valley Bank.
3: The FDIC, which insures money in banks, typically insures accounts up to $250,000. But many of the companies and wealthy people who used the bank, known for its relationships with technology startups and venture capital, had more than that amount in their accounts. Business professor at the University of Texas, Ben Benson, says there are instances where the federal government can do more.
1: The FDIC has the option to go beyond the insurance level. And if they decide to expand and cover all those depositors, then those depositors will be made whole.
3: And that is now the case after the Federal Reserve's decision that all depositors will have access to their money. Still, Puell says she and other small businesses are left shaken up by what happened and are reassessing their business plans.
4: A lot of entrepreneurs are looking at their companies and their teams and their capital and saying, what are what are we doing? How are we doing it? How else do we need to secure it?
3: Sarah Olsha, KXAN News.
1: In her announcement, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen emphasized the federal government will not be bailing out Silicon Valley Bank. It was the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history after the collapse of Washington Mutual in 2008. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry.
4: Good Monday morning, we begin with a look at clouds and radar, showing a lot of cloud cover as we start our day couple sprinkles, not impossible, but in general, the vast majority of us are going to stay dry. So I wouldn't worry about bringing the rain gear today. We do have a live look from our indeed domain camera showing clouds up top nothing underneath though fog not something we have to worry about today 53 degrees though as we begin the day and I'll tell you what these temperatures are going to run noticeably cooler all day long we start in the 40s and 50s 40s found out in northwest hill country everybody else in the 50s to start the day but it's a good 15 to 25 degrees colder than what we had yesterday courtesy of that front that moved in over the weekend so today I think you'll feel it more so than what you felt yesterday we're cooler to start we're cooler to finish trading yesterday's mid-70s for highs only in the 60s today. The morning clouds will clear as we get into the afternoon hours, expecting mainly sunny skies after lunch. A little bit of rain chance tomorrow, much better chance for more meaningful rain Thursday into Friday with our next cold front, which we'll talk more about coming up in your first morning forecast.
1: All right, thank you, Kristen. The music festival part of South by Southwest is kicking off today.
4: The blend of
2: new talent and legendary performers. Sixth Street was busy over the weekend, of course. All the visitors from all over the world. Photojournalist Frank Martinez brings us the sights and sounds of South by This is my first year, this is her second year, and this is her birthday. Hey!
3: Happy 26th birthday! Woo!
2: What up? Up, Bob, baby?
3: Everything is great. Everybody is great. Everything is so live and vibrant. <laughs> Like, it's nothing but great vibes all around, so you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it, absolutely
2: love it. That was Frank Martinez reporting for us. The festival ends this Sunday, the 19th. To help you navigate, you can head over to our website, kxan.com. Under the South By tab, we have all the interactive maps that you need to know about and all of the transportation information.
1: Still ahead with thousands of people coming to Austin for South by many are choosing to stay in Airbnbs. This is a financial boost for hosts as festivals can bring in a lot of extra money, but only if the hosts are licensed. Only
2: have Thorne, a person for uh, Airbnb, says Austin rental properties will be filled with people from near and from very far away.
5: The locals in Austin, South by Southwest, represents a significant economic opportunity, with hosts collectively earning nearly $13 million over last year's festival.
2: To operate a short-term rental, the city requires owners to get a new license yearly. In December, the city's code department said there are about 11,000 short-term rentals here in Austin, but only about 1,800. Were licensed. And so that means these property owners are not contributing to the hotel occupancy tax. And without the license, some of the city's power to regulate the property are taken away. Going in depth, Airbnb tends to crack down on parties, especially during the holidays. The last time the company enforced the party ban was over the New Year holiday. The company banned certain one-night bookings during New Year's Eve for entire home listings in Austin and really throughout the country. It was in effect for the guests without a positive account history or without previous bookings on the platform. Last year, around 340,000 guests globally were blocked or redirected from attempting to book an airbnb over new year's eve including more than 120,000 guests just right here in the u.s a homeless shelter planning to close will stay open just a little longer how much it's going to cost the city though to relocate people
1: and unrest at the border why a major bridge from el paso to mexico had to close down
2: Good morning, it is Monday, March the 13th. South by Southwest is in full swing. We're at EDU, at the film part. Now the music part begins with thousands, tens of thousands of visitors into our area. So after a lot of pushback from the city of Austin, we now know the Salvation Army is gonna try to keep its downtown location open, at least for now.
1: Yeah, for now. The city wants more time to get the people who are in that shelter into other housing. On Friday, we're going to get another update from the Homeless Strategy Division on that progress. Despite the extension only lasting 30 days, it's going to cost the city up to $100,000. That's on top of what the city previously paid in contracts for the downtown shelter. That was detailed in a public health committee meeting last week.
6: So in terms of the city funding of uh, the downtown shelter Um, has been around $600,000 annually. Uh, Historically, for fiscal year 23, it was increased to about a million dollars, both through uh, an increase in, or uh, an allotment of ARPA funds, and an increase in the homeless housing and housing services program through the state.
1: City memo says people will likely end up in other shelters, transitional housing programs or apartments, but if a short-term stay is needed, they could be put in hotels. How you can get the best deals on a last-minute spring break trip. Okay, and the
2: program at a local college to help create more teachers.
6: This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pullout shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach.
1: Good morning. A live look again from North Austin. Our Indeed Domain Tower camera looking out at Q2 Stadium. Another win for the Verde and Black over the weekend. Great work from Austin FC. You know, if you're frustrated with the massive crowds in Austin for South by Southwest, not too late to book a spring break trip out of town. Erica Brenna has talked to a travel expert on the deals and how to save in the future.
6: Joining me today is Katie with going.com. So Katie, tell me what are the trends that you're seeing for travel out of Austin for spring break and for the year? Austin is is one of those destinations that a lot of people come to, but also one of those destinations that people want to leave from and and explore other parts of the country. And so what we're seeing for spring break in particular, you know, Taking advantage of the cherry blossoms out to DC, 154 round trip, which is a fantastic deal over to Washington. Or, you know, getting a head start, even though it's the end of ski season, you can actually get to Denver for 158 round trip and get, take advantage of all the hiking that's out there. So, why are we seeing these good deals out of Austin right now? There's no right or wrong answer when it comes to why a specific deal is popping up. There's many factors that happen. But, you know, we are, we're in that time period where you can still get a good, deal for the spring season and it's a really great time to take advantage of travel um, just because you know summer is a peak season and so you tend to not find as many deals when you're looking to travel you know a month a two months out especially in a peak season like the summer is there a particular time to book travel to get the best deal on all of the things the airfare the hotels the cars what is the best time to save some money when it comes to traveling when it comes to travel you know we talk about for air air tickets specifically the goldilocks window and that is if you're looking to travel in a peak season domestically that's about three to seven months out is when you should be looking to for the best opportunity to find the greatest deals don't wait once you see a deal you know typically travel gets more expensive the closer you get to that intended date so you know if you see a great deal go for it and again you have 24 hours to cancel if you book seven days in advance Awesome. Okay, Katie from going.com. We appreciate your time today. Thanks so much.
1: If you do wanna maybe stay in Austin, though, families have another option, and this one is out at Dreamland in Dripping Springs. Says it's gonna reopen to the public now.
2: It was missed. The outdoor entertainment space has mini golf, they have live music, pickleball, they have a bar. Back in January, it did have to close, though, because they were putting more of an emphasis on pickleball, specifically holding matches and some private lessons. Dreamland is open seven days a week from seven in the morning to nine o'clock at night. An asteroid may hit Earth on Valentine's Day in a little over 20 years. The asteroid, named 2023-DW, was discovered on February 26th. NASA says the asteroid could potentially hit the Earth in 2046. The chances, though, are pretty low. It's about 160 feet in diameter, according to the European Space Agency, as one in 625 chance of impact under the science section that we have for you right now. On our website, KXAN.com, we're gonna have more on how big the space rock actually is. So just a little reminder mm-hmm. in
4: 2046. Right in. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in the planner
1: to clarify <laughs> on this because when I read this immediately <laughs> I was like that doesn't sound good. Um, it's not going to have like a dinosaur extinction impact, mm. even if it were to okay. hit.
4: Yeah, probably just, just a couple
1: tsunamis, maybe a little <laughs> you bit know. like
4: some wind coming Circling in. Circle it on that. the calendar. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, we got 20 years to figure it out. <laughs> Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. At Clouds and radar showing a lot of cloud cover out. There. Not a whole lot falling from those clouds, though. Could you maybe see one or two little raindrops? Yes, but I'm not convinced we're going to see any meaningful rain today. So leave the rain gear at home. Statewide, you can see a couple more showers up to the north, even a little bit of snow picking up there in the West Texas area. Temperatures this morning uh, certainly not cold enough to snow. We've got 40s and 50s, but the reason I'm showing you this is because today's a cooler day. We're only going to be in the 40s and 50s to start, and 60s to finish. Not those 70s, 80s, 90s we had over the last. Last week, it was unseasonably warm over the weekend, but I'll tell you what, today our temperatures are actually running a little bit cooler than normal from the 50s to start to the mid to upper 60s to finish. Like I said, it's going to be a little bit of a shock to the system because we've been relatively speaking so much warmer. Now sky conditions wise, those clouds are going to slowly clear through the morning and then we've got a ton of sunshine on the back end of today, mainly sunny skies after lunchtime. Clouds are going to come back though, and as we start tomorrow, mainly cloudy skies similar to what we have out there now, but tomorrow we don't get rid of the clouds. We're going to hang on to a mainly cloudy sky for your Tuesday with a couple little spots of sprinkles possible. We have a little disturbance rolling towards North that could bring us just enough lift to bring us a 10% chance of sprinkles on Tuesday. What am I more convinced of? I'm more convinced of a cold front coming in Thursday to bring more meaningful rain. So Wednesday's the transition day, more clouds than sun. Thursday, there's going to be a dry line setting up, and that can trigger some spotty storms, scattered showers in the afternoon. Cold front coming in overnight It's going to continue that 70% chance of rain. This is early, early Friday before sunrise, and then everything clears behind it. We're just left with a partly sunny sky Friday afternoon. Early look at some of that rainfall potential, anywhere from a quarter of an inch to maybe an inch isolated spots of more between now and this weekend. 7-day forecast, upper 60s today. Mid 60s tomorrow. So, again, emphasizing the fact that it's going to be a little cooler overnights as well. We wake up to the 40s, so, jackets needed in the morning. Thursday, got a 70% chance of storms and showers. Pretty wicked winds coming in with this cold front though with wind gusts 30 to maybe even 35, 40 miles per hour. You'll notice the drop in temperatures though going from near 80 Thursday afternoon down to the 50s on your St. Patrick's Day afternoon. And then we hold those 50s into the weekend overnight lows in the 30s Saturday morning. Could even flirt with a hill country freeze on Saturday morning as well. We'll keep you updated as we get closer.
1: Thank you, Kristen. A bridge between El Paso and Mexico is back open today after a chaotic scene over the weekend. large group gathered on the Mexican side of the bridge temporarily blocked traffic yesterday. Now this video from U.S. Customs and Border Protection shows law enforcement confronting migrants as they tried to cross into the U.S. side. Border Protection says officers used barriers and wires to stop them. Some migrants did, though, push their way through and make it into the U.S.
0: This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry.
5: Hi, good morning to you. Last time the Longhorns were a two-seed, 2008. Last time the Longhorn men made the Sweet 16, 2008. Longhorns are a two-seed in the tournament, gathered at Moody Center on Sunday afternoon to watch the brackets unveil and find out they are headed to Des Moines, Iowa. After that, they made their way down to the tower. They lit that tower orange for that Big 12 tournament title and now turn their attention to a Colgate team that, like any mid-major opponent, they're going to have to cram for. Colgate, the winner in the Patriot League, and Texas will play them on Thursday evening. And yeah, look at that potential matchup on Saturday. Aggies the seventh seed. First, they play Penn State the second game of the evening in Des Moines. But Rodney Terry and the Longhorns now turn their attention to the postseason. Well, you know, I I think uh, obviously uh, this time of year, you have to be excited about uh, every opportunity that that presents yourself. And, uh, um, you know, being in the NCAA tournament, the body of work that we were able to do uh, this season, uh, being a 2C, uh, really proud and and, uh, happy for our guys in terms of what we were able to do. Uh, Colgate, you know, will be on our minds, and that's what we're going to, you know, start working on those guys. Myself and our staff will work tirelessly uh, starting here in a couple hours, just really trying to uh, to dig into them uh, in their season. Yeah, their season was a good one. UT women, they are staying home for the first weekend. Longhorns get the number four seed in the Seattle Regional, and they'll be in action Saturday at Moody against East Carolina. The other game Saturday, Louisville and Drake. Now, Texas lost to Louisville in the Bahamas back in November. The winners of that will play on Monday for a trip to the Sweet 16, where if they win two, they are headed to Seattle. So, it is time to dance in college basketball on both the men's and women's side. Back to you.
4: Thank you, Roger. Hey, earthquakes are one of the most destructive forces on our planet. And at the University of Texas in Austin, researchers are trying to recreate them. KXAN's Eric Hendrickson takes us inside their lab to find out why they're making these miniature quakes.
0: At UT Austin's Geomechanics and Geofluids Lab, scientists are gaining a better understanding of earthquakes. With a test like this, I will check in once a day, take an acoustic measurement, and then make sure everything's looking okay. PhD student Peter Miller learns how water moves through rock. You take a sediment you just squish it like a sponge, and water's gonna come out. While PhD student Caitlin Scheibel creates a miniature fault line. You're
4: gonna drive this forward, and it's gonna slide along, and so that's simulating like the two rocks sliding against one another. It's not just
0: the Earth's movement they're recreating. This device, for instance, can simulate pressure felt several miles beneath the earth. It's
4: like being under the earth where everything's being squeezed. Different
0: rocks react differently under pressure. These were collected off the coast of New Zealand on a drilling expedition in 2018. These New Zealand samples helped the team discover something fascinating.
4: They're like heels, Um, and so then when you slide again, it actually takes like more force for you to get it to continue to slide.
0: So you can actually see up close, there's sort of some streaking on this. Damian Safer, director of the UT Institute for Geophysics, says fault zones with a lot of clay are slow to heal. If that healing is very small, then it doesn't take very long before you can build up enough stress to break the rock again, to overcome that healing. Which means the earthquakes have less power and are less destructive. These slow earthquakes are common in New Zealand. Japan is another area that has these sort of strange slow earthquakes. Unlike a traditional earthquake, slow earthquakes occur over several days or even weeks, releasing the energy of the Earth so slowly you may not even notice it. It's This big discovery 20 years ago, and it kind of changed the way we think about how earthquakes work. Rock heals at different rates, which the experiments of the lab can help determine. We're sampling the different rock types. That might be involved in the faulting. Safer says by understanding the rock they can answer where are the areas that are most likely to have a big earthquake? Where is the hazard high? Where is it low? Uh, where is the propensity for big earthquakes to happen? Big questions to an earth-sized problem. In Austin, Eric Henrikson, KXAN News.
4: So what's next for earthquake research? Well, large-scale experiments that can simulate the Earth's heat and long-term experiments that last not just days, but months or maybe even years.
0: Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.